0: You're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. What is going on everyone and welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck, Today, we got a good topic on hand. We're going to be talking about the newest release from Nintendo, kind of. Super Mario 3D World, released alongside with Bowser's Fury this past week. We've been playing a lot of it. Matt, you're a veteran of the Mario series. I know, Kyle, you are too, and I'm a novice, but I'm going to talk to Matt first because I always talk to you. So, Matt, we'll start with you. <laughs> what What are some of your takeaways from this game now that we're about a week after release?
1: Um. So I, I definitely wanted to say that this game holds up very well from its mm-hmm. original Wii U release. It is still just as fun as ever. Uh, definitely, it runs a lot better than its Wii U counterpart. They uh, made some minor upgrades, such as uh, the frames is running a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, characters they up the speed a little bit on them because in the Wii U release, uh, the movement felt a little slow which was kind of like not didn't really feel like a Mario platformer like you what you expected but they definitely upped it up here and made it, it made it so much more fun and uh the uh, addition of Bowser's Fury is definitely something that I'm super excited about when we get to uh talking a little bit more about that here here soon and um it was definitely worth spending, you know, the price tag on it uh you know $60 uh very very so much fun just what you know what you expect from a Mario game.
0: I agree. As Someone who never played it, I think that it's something that I really enjoyed uh when it first came out. I really enjoyed playing through 3D World. I know that you hyped it up a lot and a lot of people have said obviously it's a very good Mario game and it's hard for Mario games to be bad. I don't think there's a lot of bad Mario games out there outside of You Origami King, but I think that <laughs> there's there's a lot to like about what you said. I think the level design in this game is really really good. I really found myself I felt every level felt different. And in platformers, that's a very hard thing to do because it's it's very easy for platformers to feel very samey. It's very easy for them to feel very similar to one another, and I think that this game avoids that. I think that every level does have its own unique feel, does have its own unique style, and I like that. Kyle, what were some of your thoughts? Uh,
2: I, I also uh, played the Wii U version, and uh, I got to say, uh, the movement for me, I know Matt feels differently, but I feel like the movement um, on the Wii U version was a little bit better because some of the platforming in these levels as you go on gets really, really like tight and it's, you know, it becomes difficult. And I feel like some of the characters, such as Luigi, for example, uh, Rusty and I had played the online co op and Luigi just felt extremely floaty to me. And it may have just be him because I also played solo with Mario and I felt that I enjoyed my experience playing with Mario was a lot better than playing with Luigi, but um aside from that be that really is my only uh my only complaint about the game itself um i really i'm really enjoying it uh I loved playing through it in the in the um on the Wii U i loved the uh, the fact that in this Mario game, it's very different f- aside from the previous ones where you know the the main objective is always to get the stars, get the shine sprite or get you know whatever it may be. Um, but in this one, you're still collecting stars, but it's not like the main objective and that's it. You just get the star and you beat the level. You know, it's, it's, it kind of brings back the original, you know, you got to get to the end of the level before the time runs out. And along the way you pick up those stars. And I love that it, you know, it, it allows you to do that without sending you back out to the hub world. Because in a lot of Mario games, after you beat the level, after you get that star, you go back out to the hub world, and then if you want to go back into that level to go, you know, do other things, you have to start all the way back over from the beginning. And I feel like this one has a really, really good flow to it, as you can, you can 100% the entire level on, you know, just one playthrough. You know, if you're, if you're paying enough attention, you can collect all the stars, you can, you know, beat all the puzzles, you can find the hidden toads. And I, I really enjoy that about this one, aside from uh, previous Mario installments
0: yeah I'm with you in the sense that there are certainly depth perception issues when it comes to the when it comes to the movement um, I know that Matt you pointed that out actually a couple days ago is that mm-hmm. it, it just feels yeah. like you have no idea where you're gonna land. Um, and we've seen platformers, in, re- in recent memory, we've seen platformers find ways to combat that. I think that most notably, Crash Bandicoot 4 found a way to combat that, because that was a big complaint in the Insane Trilogy, was you really never knew where you were going to land. So the way they combated that was they added a circle underneath Crash, whenever you jump, to show exactly where you were going to land to a T. So I, it's one of those where I feel like there's no excuse to not add features. I So that's a good segue, actually, how Kyle said that. That's a good segue to kind of my negatives with the game because I will say that as someone who has not beaten a lot of Mario games, I think this is probably my second favorite Mario game right now behind Odyssey. Odyssey, I don't know if that'll be overtaken anytime soon, to be honest. But the problems in this game are undeniable. There's there's definitely issues in this game, and the death perception is one. I'm kind of tired of games getting ported and games getting moved to the Switch and crappy cameras being allowed to stay in the game. We saw that with Mario 64. That game is notorious for having a terrible camera. And they could have fixed it, <laughs> but they didn't. And so there's that. Uh, it's the fact that in multiplayer, you can't move the camera. So I have issues with that, and it just it feels lazy. Um, I, I can't. I can't give the release a bad score as a whole because of a very big part of it that we'll get to after we get to this. But Matt, what were some of your biggest negatives?
1: Uh, some of my biggest negatives are probably um, going to revolve around like how many levels require specific power-ups because I'm a bit of a collector. So when I'm playing to these <laughs> levels, you know, I like to collect everything. I like to find the stamps. I like to find all three game stars. And what's really cool is um, when you do get an item, you get a power-up, and you keep that power-up, and you get an additional power-up, it kind of goes into like a little power-up bank. And so if you lose the current one that you're currently holding, then you you have an additional one. But it also goes back to the whole thing with that death perception, like, I can't see where an enemy is going to be, so I'll end up hitting that enemy, losing my power-up, and then... I'll be right there where a uh, an item is, and I'm just kind of like, oh man, you know, there was that green star I wanted to get, there was that stamp that I wanted to get, and you know, but that's kind of where I, I like the whole streamlined, uh, thing around this game where you can just be, go, you know, go straight, beat the level, can just come back to it, you know, try again. Um, another couple of things that I, uh, I, you know, want to complain about. Uh, I feel like if you're going to make a game like this, because there's so many, there's so many characters to choose from in the Mario universe. Like, why couldn't we have Daisy? You know, why couldn't we have Wario or Waluigi instead? We just kind of got a basic Toad, but I understand why they did it because it was kind of a you know, looking back at uh Mario Brothers 2 on the uh Nintendo Entertainment System, you could play as Mario, Luigi, Peach, and uh, I do believe a Toad, so that's kind of like why that those four characters were chosen. Um, I won't kind of give out any spoilers, but I will say that there is an additional character that you can unlock later on, and uh, she's actually a lot of fun. And But I just feel like if you're going to kind of make this new deluxe version, you know, go the extra mile. I mean, we're paying, you know, we're paying the same amount that we paid on its original release, uh, you know, years and years ago on the on the Wii U. So I don't know. I kind of just expected, you know, We're going to rebuy the game, double dip, kind of give us more for it. And I think the addition of adding online was fantastic. But then again, Nintendo's online is always spotty at best and, you know, revolving around the friend code system, which is another complaint of mine uh, entirely. But, you know, uh, if Mario Super Mario Maker 2 is online was really laggy. I've, you know, seen a couple of videos. I mean, it's not as bad here around, but at the same time that this game it, if you're not going to make it work perfectly, then don't bother.
0: First of all, I wanna I wanna address all of that by saying that I don't think Matt won't spoil it, but I sure will. I don't think saying that Rosalina is the character you unlock <laughs> is a spoiler. Because I've seen that in okay, numerous okay. reviews. And so I'll I make you feel a little bit better about that, Matt. I get what you mean when you say it's like it's an end of the it's an end of the game kind of achievement or unlockable. Um mm-hmm. but that's been in several reviews. So I don't think it's saying Rosalina is unlockable is That big a deal? But, I mean, I agree with everything else that you said just there. And I think that they all kind of come back to the same point. And, Kyle, I'll go to you for this because I know you are brutally honest, like myself, and I want to hear from you what you think about this idea that it seems like – Nintendo has gotten a little lazy with some of these ports. Uh, we just got done with a Nintendo Direct today that I think we all agree was very disappointing because we didn't see a ton of new content. We didn't see a ton of things that were brand new, but what we saw a lot of was ports. We saw a lot of stuff that's being brought back. Skyward Sword HD Remaster is one that I'm not sure there was anybody really asking for that. And so is Nintendo, is is the biggest issue facing them right now, if Kyle, is it laziness?
2: 100%. Speaking of the the Direct, the Skyward, the Skyward Sword HD, it's, it's kind of disappointing how Nintendo has this, you're gonna pay this price for this game and you can't say anything about it because we already know Skyward Sword HD is gonna be 60 bucks.
0: Which is a and, big, big problem.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, the game came out on the Wii, you know, and this is just an HD remaster. It's not even a remake. It's just an HD remaster, and you're only selling me one game. Why could they have not just gave us Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess HD, and called it the HD Collection? Because I know there's been rumors about, you know, other Zelda games that are going to be part of this 35th anniversary collection, but it would have just made sense to already give us that because you already have HD ports of it on the Wii U, you know, with with the with the Super Mario 3D collection, it was a little bit different because there were no ports of, you know, HD Super Mario 64, HD Super Mario Sunshine or HD Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii U. You know, it it just it it doesn't make sense as to why they couldn't have just, you know, given us that, but beyond that, I feel like, you know, Splatoon 3 was probably their biggest new game announcement, and that doesn't come out until 2022, and it's just a sequel. Or, well, it's it's the the third game. And, like, it's just... it's It's getting really frustrating at this point where Nintendo just kind of beats around the bush all year when it comes to content, and then they just sell us ports, they just sell us HD remasters, and then they're just like, hey, we have one new game coming out being... Splatoon three in twenty twenty two, so here's all this crap for the entire year. That's you know games you've basically already played, and we're just gonna write it off like a successful year. I don't feel like that's because I don't, I don't feel like that's okay compared to Microsoft, compared to Sony. Look at the amount of games Sony has coming out this year. It's insane that Nintendo can't put forth the same amount of effort. And I mean we we all know Breath of the Wild two is in the works. We all know it's coming, but when? Because Breath of the Wild 1 came out years ago, you know, it came out when the Switch launched. And since then, you know, we've been, we've just got releases, you know, every every few months, every, you know, maybe maybe once or twice a year, there was a, a big game like Breath of the Wild, like Mario Odyssey that came out, and that was it, you know. And other companies have games coming out that are massive AAA titles. They've got them coming out every month, every other month. They've got them coming out at least more than once or twice a year you know, and I, I really do feel like that the fans of Nintendo need to say something about this because they just keep getting this pass where you know you can you can buy these ports, you can buy these HD remasters for full price, and it's okay. Like it's it's not okay to me to buy a game that I've already played a million times over on an what a decade old console. More than that, it's it's just it's extremely lazy.
0: I think it's important to point out at this point that you're you're listening to a podcast with between the three of us in our households. Uh, there's six total switches in all of our house in our household. You know, I have two. Kyle has one. Your wife obviously has one. And then Matt, I know there's two in your household between you and one of your roommates. Uh, we're big fans of the Switch. I mean, we 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 love Nintendo and we love a lot of what Nintendo does. But as I've often said, I can be the biggest Sony fanboy, but I'm still going to criticize them. I'm still going to criticize them if they do something that doesn't make sense, and it feels like what, Kyle, what you said was right on the dot of, it feels like we give Nintendo a pass because they're Nintendo, but Microsoft sure doesn't get that. Microsoft gets destroyed when they make a mistake. Sony gets destroyed when they make a mistake. Nintendo, eh, it's okay. And I'm also with you on, there's, I think I struggled to find the word earlier, but there's a very lackadaisical attitude from Nintendo on a lot of this. There's very much an attitude of uh we don't really care what we put out, we know you're gonna buy it anyways. Like there's very much an attitude of it. And this direct today, it felt like a slap in the face, especially when you add in that the last thing we saw was Splatoon 3's release date in 2022. It feel it feels like a slap in the face. And I can't just destroy them hardcore right now because we are going to end this episode on a positive note and talk about what makes 3D World and what makes buying this version on the Switch great, and that's Bowser's Fury. Bowser's Fury is fantastic. It is a great add-on that you get. Saw three to six hours of gameplay if you just beat it straight up, and another 13 hours if you decide to be a completionist. Uh, Matt, what, what, are, what are some of your favorite parts about Bowser's Fury? I know we put a lot of time in on it on Tuesday.
1: Oh, so starting off with it, I'd like to say this. The, just uh, the addition of uh, Bowser Jr. is really cool because we hadn't seen him since um, what Mario Galaxy 2. I don't believe he was an Odyssey. Correct me if I'm wrong, if he was. But um, what I love, what Nintendo did, is this kind of experimental thing that they've uh, done with Bowser's Fury, which is take, you know, a bit of a giant open world, and kind of make it like, you know, Mario's little sandbox and there's just so much to do. Um, different areas that you want to unlock as you progress even further. And the way that they have uh these uh items called cat shines laid out throughout the levels reminds me a lot of how in uh Super Mario Odyssey you collected a bunch of moons throughout the levels. You know, you collected um one of the moons and you just you know you got to keep going it didn't take you out of the world it didn't put you in this little hub where you go straight back into there no you just can uh, continue and uh there's a lot of platforming strengths here which you see uh using all the different items uh cat suits uh propeller propeller head boxes koopa shells um you know fire flowers just you know what you normally see in these Mar- uh in the Mario 3D World main game and also there's an additional new cat suit as well which is really cool which gives you a bunch of coins if you do a, like a ground pound and it's a rare item so if you get it uh, only use it during certain situations um so you want to keep that um i love how the layout is there's you know uh it's just 3D platforming at its best it's mario at its best at- and then, on top of that, you have the added uh you know Bowser himself, which uh you know he's angry about something, and you know it's Bowser he's got like covered in this black goop, and pretty much how it how it goes is you're running around this open world collecting these items called the cat uh cat shines, and you have to collect a certain amount of these cat shines in order to uh basically have Mario's own kaiju version. Uh we're gonna just gonna call it Super Saiyan Mario, cat Mario, if you will. And um Bowser is basically on this timer. You don't see the timer. There's just, just kind of like these little cues here that to let you know that you know Bowser's fixing to wake up and it's gonna be this really awesome fight between Mario and Bowser. And like you'll just take notice that it starts to rain. That's when you'll basically know, you know, Bowser's fixing to awaken, and he's just this giant version of himself. And it's a lot of fun, especially um, when you're collecting those cat shines. If Bowser wakes up and you collect one, he instantly reverts back. And then you, uh, with each different level, or I'll just call it like each different section, because it's like one giant open world. Uh, you, in order to uh, unlock Mario's Super uh, Kaiju form. <laughs> uh, you have to collect a certain number of those Cat Shines, and then once you become it, it's like this big epic battle of like uh, Godzilla and King Kong proportions, and it's it's so much fun, and it gives me a lot of hope for what we can expect if if we do get a Super Mario Odyssey two or whatever the next big Mario three D platformer is. I think that this is a great I'd Like, look into what what uh, we can expect.
0: The absolute disrespect of you to mention all of that and not mention Plessy. You are just an abhorrent human <laughs> being for not mentioning her. That's that's just, I can't believe you didn't even mention Plessy. Plessy was literally oh, no, no, one of the best worry. additions. Like, I, I don't even know how you, I don't even know how to continue this podcast now because of that, but I guess we'll do our best. Sorry, so Plessy. <laughs> but no, I agree with everything you said. I definitely like the experimentation here, that there's definitely things they're trying out to see if they work, to see if we like it, so that way when they do release that next major Mario title, maybe we see some of this in there again. Maybe maybe it's the beginning of a, of a full-on Bowser's Fury game itself, and maybe this is just almost a really nice demo almost. I mean, we, we don't know that. We don't have any inside information. We have no idea. But there's a lot of positives and I, I think that you do get bonus points uh for for <laughs> calling it a kaiju fight. You do get bonus points for that, Matt. <laughs> so I'll give you that one as well. Um Kyle, you've spent the most time on Bowser's Fury. What has been hands down your favorite element of this add-on?
2: For me, it's the item bank. Um so you, you go throughout you've got your you know, your usual Mario items, but um we kind of saw it in 3D world where if you collect an item you or if you already have a power up and you get an extra power up it just goes to an item bank but you can only hold you know one power up whereas in Bowser's Fury you get an entire item bank on the bottom of your screen where i believe you can hold up to 5 of each power up at a time and i i've said this before um i really feel like this was them playing around with what we could be seeing in you know, a potential Odyssey too because it really, really showed how unique it was when you were having to switch power ups in different sections or different parts of uh uh these islands. Um because there were just different enemies or there were different uh platforming sections or something you needed a different power up to and it was it was really nice to be able to go back and forth just between uh different power ups and not lose them because when you use one it just goes right back to your bank. You know, and I really feel like that could be something that we see incorporated because in Odyssey One, the biggest thing, the biggest new um, mechanic was the transformation. However, in Odyssey, they kind of did everything. I mean, like you could become a tree. <laughs> like there was, there was no limits <laughs> to what you could become in Mario Odyssey. And if they, if they were to make a Mario Odyssey two and implement that same mechanic. I feel like there's not much more, I mean, like, unless you could become a planet, (laughs) there's not much more you could really do (laughs) that Odyssey hasn't already done. So if they were to use a new mechanic, like using this item bank, and make it so uh, in different sections you have to use different power-ups, or maybe they introduce a whole new set of power-ups that we've never seen before, which would... You know, I think kind of incorporate that uh, in Mario Odyssey, the exploration of new and new transformations and new abilities. I think that they should, you know, it would be really smart if they were to incorporate this item bank and show just all these new abilities and create all all new um, platforming sections, all new ways to go uh, about tackling this. Because when uh, when you really look at Bowser's Fury, it isn't exactly a linear path. You can Go to whatever island you can do whatever challenges yeah. that you want, and whenever you have a whenever you have enough cat shines, you get to fight Bowser and go on to the next stage. And I really enjoyed that sense of freedom because it's I, I really feel like this is another showcase of that smooth transition out of the main goal is collect the star and then go back to the world that like we've mentioned a lot of times in this episode. You know, I, Odyssey really perfected that how. In the levels, you collected the moons, but you could collect as many moons as you want. You could complete the entire world if you wanted to before you even moved on to the next one. And it's like that again in this, and I, I really feel like that's that's something that they should keep doing. They should keep this sense of freedom in these Mario games because it's, it's, such, it's such a strong plus to this. And I really feel like you know, the the game was marketed most for 3D World, but I feel like the selling point of this game is actually Bowser's Fury over 3D World because yes. of just how new yeah. and how fresh it felt.
0: I agree, and I think that as a gamer, that's the main thing we all want, is we want new, creative, we want unique, we want we want things that are different than what we're used to playing, and I think that last year was a good year for that gaming-wise, you know? I think that one of the biggest storylines in gaming last year was how... Final Fantasy VII Remake was vastly, vastly different than the original, but it was new. It was fresh. It kept it... It it, it, it didn't feel like the same exact game, and that was the whole point of it. And I think that you're 100% right when it comes to Bowser's Fury. That is the selling point of this game, because for $60, you get the full 3D world, which, by the way, is... you know When you add that difficulty spike in, and Matt knows fully well what I'm talking about, when you add that (laughs) difficulty spike in... uh, there's hours of gameplay, and if you want to be a completionist, there's a ton of replayability in all these levels. And it's the same thing with Bowser's Fury. Bowser's Fury, being able to go back and see these levels that you played earlier in the in the game and see how they've changed, it's so cool. It's that, it's that ever-changing, evolving world that we want in video games. That's the strength of an open-world game is the world itself. That is where the game either makes or breaks itself. And I think that if Bowser's Fury is a sign of things to come, I think that there's a lot to be positive about. I think that the boss fights are great, the platforming is great, getting around each world is great, and there's its challenging parts. I know that. I got stuck at one point last night. We you know those moving platforms that are always turning. Uh, that that definitely that took about an hour out of my playtime right there, but I think that there's a lot to be said about how good this is for an add-on and the fact that it should be the main selling point. If you are new to this game, or if you're wondering if it's worth your money if you, because you played it already and is Bowser's Fury worth it, it 100% is. So that is actually going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Side Mission Pod, and check out our YouTube channel, Side Mission Podcast. For Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.